0: We have only the best best, best, best DJs from around, from around the world. The world. All, All Flavors Radio. Radio.
1: All Flavors Radio plays what you want to hear when you want
2: to hear it 24-7.
4: Hello, hello world. How are you doing out there? That was the sounds of Edwin Starr and Warren. At the top of the hour, we had little, you know, the little guy that um, had the um, Charlie Chaplin doing a uh, speech on humanity about realigning and unifying. I am Wimbo77. And I'm Naturally Lily. How are you doing, Naturally Lily? I'm good. How are you doing all flavours? How are you doing world? How are you doing tuning listeners? And how are you doing all you silent listeners out there? Fantastic, fantastic uh, stuff at the start end, beautiful DJs. And we'll be giving you a shout in just a little while, just a little while, as well as all of you within the chat room. So... The world is a very different place, naturally, Lily.
1: Yes, it is. So we have a audience Ooh. question and a scenario today that's kind of touches on both, I think. Mm. <clears throat> so question is, will the cost of living affect us more than the pandemic?
0: Mm.
1: What do you think? And then the scenario is, um, would you accept pay rise if your employer doubled your salary but 75% would have to go to an ex or an arch enemy?
4: Mm, that's quite an interesting question, isn't it? That, that was sent in, I must say, by John John. Yes. So we will be touching on that just a little bit later on. However, starting, I thought uh, the, the subject or the facts that we would start off with this week was actually the Green Cross Code or how drivers, how it's changed so much. Uh, we we have got new laws as regards to driving on the roads, and just thought that it might just be quite relevant to highlight what these things are. All right, naturally, Lily. Yeah. So what what is, what is it when it comes to the Green Cross
1: Code? What is it, the Green Cross
4: so Code? So it's not it called the Green the the Cross code, code; it's <laughs> called the Highway Code.
0: <laughs>
1: so that's a change. Yes. But. Um, there are seven key ways that they affect motorists. I'm going to be honest. I just think this is nonsense. Okay. Um. Just because the only people that are going to be aware of this are new drivers. Mm. Because all of us that have been driving for many, 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 many years um, are not really going to be aware of this. So
0: it, it basically says
1: the highway code has undergone <laughs> a few changes recently. Changes are designed to increase safety on the road in recognition of some recent trends, such as the rise in numbers of cyclists and the introduction of electric vehicles, so like electric scooters and things like that. Yeah. Here are a summary, and that I find interesting, given the fact that I know for a fact people are getting fined for riding electric scooters, but they're changing the highway code but it's also to manage electric scooters. A, a,
4: an ideal reason that, you know, that they're doing things and including them
1: in it. So, what, what are so, those things, Aish? It says, um, there's a new hierarchy of road users and it ranks from pedestrian mm. through to lorry and bus drivers in order of who is most at risk. So, I'm assuming that means the one at the top of the hierarchy is going to be the pedestrian yeah. and the bottom of that is going to be the buses and the lorries. Yeah, the big ones. It says, um, duh, 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 duh. so, Pedestrians are. It says it right there. Pedestrians are most at risk, followed by cyclists, horse riders, motorcyclists, cars, taxis, vans, and minibuses. And finally, large goods passenger vehicles. While all road users are responsible for doing everything they can to ensure safety on the road, people in category, people in each category are responsible for reducing the danger they pose to. All those ranked above them. So, a pedestrian being aware of the danger they pose to everybody else, a motorcyclist being aware of everyone above them, that kind of thing. So, the first change is about giving way at junctions. So... It says if you drive, if you're driving your car, and you want to turn into or out of a junction, and a pedestrian is crossing or waiting to cross, you should give way. So you're not allowed to be in a rush. You're not allowed to be on your way somewhere. You must stop and, and give way to every pedestrian that's waiting to cross.
4: Okay, that makes that that does make sense though, no, doesn't it? Doesn't. it to some kind of degree because. You see them, especially at the give way sign. So the give way sign is the one with the dotted line, one dotted line, then a double. So one car's coming left, um, you know, two way. And often people want to cross. Now, that happened to me this week. There was a lady with a child. Yeah. But because I was already turning, she waited. But whereas what the highway code is saying now is that I would actually have to give her way before I turn the corner.
1: I personally think that's more dangerous Yeah, because you're coming out of the road mm. so you're letting her go yeah. but the person that's coming into the road may not see that she's already started to cross so as they're turning their car in yeah. does that not pose a potential of more risk to that person that's crossing?
4: Quite obviously but you know we, we've looked at some things that the, the, the government has written of late <laughs> haven't we? And we've even found yeah. things like spelling mistakes and all that kind of stuff in it so when it when it comes to writing a new legislation because legislation is being thrown out all of the time mm. so it's just a highlighting or en- enabling our listeners to see that t- yeah times are changing we're going to go on and see later on how much or more so times are changing and how we have to be kind of keyed in mm. hence the, the fact changes to the highway code there's seven key ways that affect motorists so lily what about
1: what's the next one then so it's giving way at junctions yeah um but it also says that you should not uh you should not cut across other road users if you would cause if you if it would cause them to stop and swerve i don't even know why that's written down that's common sense
4: Mm.
1: you're taught that you don't that's why you check your mirrors
4: yeah on roundabouts.
1: So why would you stop? Why would you go into a lane if you're going to make someone's? I don't understand. This is, this is foolish <laughs> drivers. Someone that don't know how to drive. That's what they're telling them. Don't move into the lane if someone else is coming. Give room on roundabouts. Drivers and motorcyclists should give room to more vulnerable road users, so cyclists, horse riders, and horse-drawn vehicles. <laughs> this also sounds like this. Like <laughs>
4: Sorry. No, even in the country, I've not seen a horse drawn vehicle for a long time, unless it's for a wedding perhaps or a funeral. Actually, we do see that. But
1: obviously, you're going to wait. Actually, Some no. don't <laughs> that is true. I have seen a video that was it a horse? Yeah, it was just someone riding a horse, and someone was riding an older, like Ford Escort or something. Yeah. And, um, he sped past them. He sped past the person on the horse and the horse got startled. Of course, it would startled. bolt, it? The horse
4: will bolt. and yeah. then, then that's going to cause a whole load of other issues, especially if the horse, not necessarily in this country, because now we use like tractors and stuff to carry produce. But it might have people in it.
1: But this is the highway code for UK, not for (laughs) nowhere else. Horse-drawn carriage. Okay. The only time that I can think of that is
4: at a wedding or a funeral. To be fair, in London, but
1: then why would you overtake a funeral? Exactly,
4: because you have to just wait for the
1: procession to go.
4: Because there's still a man walking in front of it as well, isn't it?
1: of the possession sometimes not all the time yeah yeah if there's, horse, if there's a horse I think if there's a horse they're usually someone walking in front yeah. but if it's just uh, cars driving there's not usually someone walking in front
4: okay so giving them a roundabout <coughs> so what is not to overtake a cyclist in their lane but normally cyclists have cycle lanes these days right but no because we're going to go on to see that the cyclist can be in the middle of the lane okay wow wow <sighs> Cyclists are the issue sometimes, and they don't look at their safety. Hence, a lot of them are killed. We looked at that. Remember the white bike, yeah, um, stuff earlier on in last year, actually, as to what, as to the reasons why I currently. Think... So.
1: This is a bit confusing. Yeah. It says the, revi- the revised highway code also tells motorists to be aware that cyclists, horse riders, and horse drawn vehicles have the right to use the left hand lane. So that's the f- f- furthest to the left hand side. The lane you want to use to turn down the direction where you're going. Mm. Unless you're turning right in this country. No, but you won't be turning right in a roundabout. You're always going to come off left. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm confused. This know, is just on. this is just about roundabouts. Yeah. So it says they're allowed to use the left-hand lane all the way round a roundabout, which we, regardless we're of which exit they're taking. So if they're taking the fourth of five exits, your office turns weird behind them, and when you get to that fourth exit, you have to wait for them to turn because eventually you're gonna become. You're going to become that lane, aren't you? Aren't
4: there normally two lanes on a roundabout,
0: though?
1: No. So, it, you, you say like the, the Great Cambridge roundabout. Yeah. yeah. There's four different lanes. Yeah. And each lane will lead you into... The next the intersection. Next, yeah. yeah. So, the first lane is going to lead you to the first exit, second one, blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 blah. So, by the time you get to your exit, you should end up in the furthest left lane. However, there's <laughs> going right. to be... No, furthest left.
4: We right. Drive okay. The... Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying if you're so if you're going off at the first exit, then you will definitely be in the left-hand lane. Right. Whereas if you're going off at the fourth exit, you'll, you'll be, be in the, the right-hand right right lane. lane. But yeah.
1: eventually, your fourth exit becomes left. the left lane. Yeah. So when you're getting off on the left lane, you have to wait because there's going to be a horse-drawn carriage trotting its way down in the furthest left lane, and you are not allowed to overtake it. Wow. Okay, that's, that's
4: interesting. So understanding yep. cyclists then, what about their road position?
1: When you come to a junction, cyclists are now advised to take position in the middle of their lane. You know why they've done that? That's to prevent people from speeding off. What an overtaking. So yeah, so you come to the, the traffic lights yeah. and if there's no one in front of you... You can just kind of go about your business yeah whereas now they're saying no cyclists should be smack bang in the middle of the lane because normally they're so, on the left aren't they yeah the yeah so now everyone has to just wait for them to just <coughs> take off
4: <laughs> it says it the advice to be at least half a meter from the curb which is in the middle of the road right as well as cyclists are also advised that riding too abreast can be safer what does that mean to abreast, know. or is that the, the the distance? Let us know, if, listeners, if you're a cyclist. How do you find it cycling on the roads? Oh, um, seven, eight, nine, five, one, three, four, seven, one, um, two.
1: Basically, yeah. traveling in in coupled up. Oh, what do they call that? Tandem. Well, this says two abreast, so this is ca- it's too. safer, particularly in large groups when accompanying children. Mm. So two side by side. Okay, right. But cyclists can be a bit of a menace. I'm not going to, to
4: lie to you because sometimes they don't know, you know, left, right. They don't indicate what way they're going. Mm. They go off. Like we saw one yesterday, I think, that nearly got run over because they carried on going. and then, then Through the, the traffic lights. Yeah. And then the the traffic lights changed. It was... they No, it was a moped and it was just that instantaneous... It, A a minute closer, that person would just not be living.
1: But that's why I think it's interesting that they're making this rule for motorists. Oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Mm. But then cyclists haven't... They don't have to pass any test to ride on the road. You can just ride a bike on the road. So when you come to a red light, you don't... You can just choose to just drive straight through that red light. Mm. And if you get licked down by the car, the person driving the car gets in trouble.
4: At Walthamstow, they have cycle lights. So the cyclists go about maybe... Five seconds before the actual main light goes, yeah. so they're allowed to go, and then the the cars can go. But how many thereafter? people actually wait for those lights? Well, it's a cycle, so the cycle, the cycle, because it's a set of cyclist lights.
1: But that's what I'm saying. How yeah. many cyclists actually wait? Oh, to, to for the because I've been in in the car and yeah. driving, and then we've had that cycle lane next to us, mm. and it's a red light. They've just gone straight through the red light. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So it says that also motorists should be aware of this advice and have patience with cyclists in such situations That's when they're riding to abreast and in all situations however where a faster vehicle wants to overtake cyclists should move across to make room when it's safe to do so while keeping at least half a meter from the curb <laughs> it's quite it's quite um uh, oh, interesting isn't it I mean, it is the highway code, it's changed, and maybe we might have to take a test or something because we've been driving so long and no. got used to certain things. So, what about move well
1: out when overtaken then? What's that? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've just seen this. <laughs> What's that? Look before opening doors. Yes.
4: Because, do you know why? We parked up on this um, side walk on Saturday. And, I I mean, I looked, but the the cycle lane was the same, on the same side as where the door opened. So if I'd have opened up the door, he'd have gone over my door. The cyclist.
1: Fair enough.
4: Yeah, so I understand that. So yeah, we should be vigilant anyway, Lily. I don't
1: know why that needs to be on the highway.
4: Yeah, we should be vigilant anyway. So what about overtaking? If you're overtaking a cyclist, so it
1: says you need to give them at least five feet of clearance, and more if they're going faster than 30 miles an hour. I don't know how you know if they're going faster than 30 miles an hour. Um, for horses and pedestrians, give them at least two meters or six and a half feet. When passing horses, whether they be led, ridden or as part of a horse-drawn vehicle, mm. you should, your speed should not exceed 10 miles an hour. <laughs> if you can't give them that amount of room or pass the required speed safely, wait behind them until you can.
4: I mean, the thing is, Lily, we're going at 20 miles an
1: hour these days,
0: right?
4: <laughs> <laughs> we are going at 20 miles an hour on the roads
2: are we? I'm so sorry. So that. What's the point in taking them over if you're not allowed to go any faster than take them? I
1: know. Oh dear lord! So. And what happens if you need to overtake them on the motorway? Do you need no, to slow a, down? i are not going to
4: see a cyclist really on the mo- motorway, are we? A cyclist. When's the last time you saw a cyclist on the motorway?
1: When's the last time you saw a horse-drawn carriage? <laughs>
4: Very, very true.
1: Very, very true,
4: Lily. Okay, I. Hands up, hands up.
1: <laughs> how are they even put in that? Check both of your mirrors. Like, of course.
4: that's natural.
1: The that's thing normal, is, you get it? told. To, how do you pass your driving test? How in this UK? Yeah, how do you pass your driving test without not checking your mirrors?
4: How? And they've put this again. Just a reminder. Just a reminder it's just a reminder oh my God, we should know that already are you drivers out there how do you feel about the new changes or is, are there much changes i mean how many horse-drawn carriages did you see this week on the road <laughs> um you know uh but this is there are changes to the the, the highway code and it's really good to have an idea Rem- remember this is our faxed fact section of the show And, yeah, there's seven key ways that they affect motorists. Yes, Lily.
1: I understand the electronic thing now. It's to do with electronic cars. Mm. So it says charge up responsibly. This is is something that's been added and it makes sense. It says there is new guidance for drivers of electric vehicles when it comes to using charge points. For the first point, sorry, the first point is to park close to the charge point. Mm. So when you plug your car in, you don't leave long length of cable as potential trip hazard. You are also advised to display a warning sign if you can and replace the cable neatly back where you found it once you're done. Yeah. The overriding message of the Highway Code is and has always been for road users to show care and consideration of others and to do everything in their power to avoid causing danger. Do they have their own leads, the the people that charge No, so it's connected to... It's like a petrol pump. Okay. So you just unplug it in and plug it in your car
4: yeah yeah so
1: that makes sense to me but most of the time it's at the back so like you reverse in and plug it in that way or yeah. it's parked on the side side something. of the road yeah so then you would pull up next to it It depends on where they put the, the charging point that's not down to the person that's where you put the charging point
4: it says it does say that you can find all the changes and additions to the highway code um i guess on the di- on the higher code section because i didn't um put in the the link so it's not there available here okay but you can find it i'm sure on the what, what is it the dvla website mm. be on the dvla be on yeah. the dvla LA website to find out what other changes there are we've spoken of seven today so the seven are what the seven uh, know your responsibilities giving way at junctions giving room at room on roundabouts, understanding cyclists' road positions, as well as move well out when overtaking, looking before opening doors and charging up responsibly. So I'm sure there must be some more in there. And um, let us know when you see the next horse and and cart. Um, Yeah. And that's that's the point, isn't it? Like, why George put stuff K, in there? We just move really? so so much on, and still these things are there. It's funny because I was looking at uh, the Thirteenth Amendment this week about the abolishment of slavery, and it, it, it slavery's never been, not, it's not been abolished. Yeah, it's, it's not, not actually not illegal. been transposed, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's just been transposed to it something else. It was just else.
1: illegal for you to have a slave in your house. So instead of them having it in the house, they made a bigger house that you could fit millions into, thousands into.
4: So beautiful people, we will see y'all on the other
0: side. This is the station with all your music in one place.
4: When you're living with cancer, what makes a good day? Getting some answers. I had millions of questions and I hardly remembered anything the doctor said mum said call Macmillan. It was just a call and it was free. The Macmillan support line is here to help everyone living with cancer have more good days. So whatever's on your mind, call us free on 0808 808 0000 today or visit macmillan.org.uk Dad! Dad!
5: What is it, son? Can I have a go at that? Okay. Yeah, just a quick one. (laughs) There's some things kids just aren't ready for, like drinking. Drinking before age 15 is more likely to lead to alcohol problems later in life. Your kids trust you to know the answers, so it's important you have the facts. Talk now and avoid problems later. Go to drinkaware.co.uk.
0: All Flavours Radio is now looking for radio presenters. Email us at info at allflavorsradio.com.
4: Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. All Flavours Radio. Misha Paris and Will Downing. Where is the love? And that's something we're not seeing much of these days in the world.
0: So
4: we've all got to mentally come together and look for a better way. Shout out the chat room. George Flavors, South Malaysia,
0: it
4: easy, it Chrissy, it's worth it just to have a few. John Ken, how are you, and Mumra, Joy McKay.
0: I'm
4: giving a high five to Mark Philogene from Bremen, some great all. stuff last night, right. along with LJ Original. The Instagram crew, Facebook crew, and WhatsApp crew. And it's also great seeing you today, Jessica from Tiny Tots. Sending a big high five to DJ Lara. Uh, a.k.a. Gel Gel. How you doing, Angela? Ernie, morning when I open my eyes. Not forgetting guest 210. The
0: guest
4: number eight. And DiCarlo.
0: When that was be all Sonia. Right.
4: Gal Gal. Oakley family Goldie And send enough enough love to you Doreen Heather and Tanya Not forgetting the Ambient family, hope you're all well. Sylvia and how are you doing DJ Slim? Oh. Ruby Turner. Right. It's going to be alright when we know that. nice and hot isn't it lily
0: Mm, it's kind of an old
4: old little tune there but it's still sounding kind of fly (laughs) do you not say sorry (laughs) oh lily's got bunged up she's bunged up here today but you still made it into still made it into the studio it's been a
1: nice day i've actually um had quite a relaxed well it's been a nice day ish (laughs) regardless of the weather yeah. regardless of everything else wet.
4: because even though it's wet the potatoes and everything else still needs to be watered, doesn't it yes. so hey someone's benefiting from the rain and it's showering blessings down on us to make things come alive and grow so naturally Lily, could you um reiterate the, the questions again
1: so the questions for today are will the cost of living affect us more than the pandemic mm-hmm an and would you accept a pay rise if your employer doubled your salary, but 75% of that would have to go to an ex or an arch enemy?
4: Very interesting question, that one.
1: I've actually just done a bit of math there, actually, and it's not terrible.
4: Okay, well, this, we'll, we'll tackle yeah. that when we get to that. But our history today. Now, I don't know if you are aware of seeing little blue round plaques on buildings. Have you seen any around? No The little round blue, blue plaques, and it has a bit of history upon it, right? Yeah. So these blue pla blue plaques they're erected, and they're part of the English heri- heritage. Okay. okay. And the what the person that we're talking about um, here it's the English, the it's the English heritage. So these people have played a part in English culture, English society, so on and so forth. Okay. Now the person that we're talking about today is name is Dr. J.S. Ryzen Russell He may well be related, who knows I was <laughs> just
1: thinking, oh, he's a Russell, Russell. <laughs>
4: <laughs> And we are Russells as well as whoever we are Because you know we marry in, And then we're also born with a name as well So yes. Russell, he was, born, he was born in 1863 to 1939 And his profession was a neurologist What's a neurologist, Lily? They are a brain surgeon brain surgeons they diagnose treat and manage conditions affecting the brain and spinal cord disorders of the nerves and muscles that activate movement and transmit sensations from around the body to the brain all right so he lived and worked at number 44 wimpole street marleybone london w1g8sa city of westminster that's quite funny because westminster is a city in itself as well
1: Yes, it is. And we have a city of London that is also a projected city within the city of London. But it's not under the same rules that we're under. That's right.
4: So the city of Westminster is under different rules because that's where Parliament is, as well as the city of London. Yeah.
1: But the city of Westminster... Mm. uh, No, sorry. The city of London has an actual mayor and that, that is seen as more elevated yeah. than the actual mayor of London wow. and the queen has to ask permission to enter this actual city of London but then
4: also other there's there are other places that have mayors right for my recollection yeah you've got a
1: town mayor but it's not the same as like the mayor of London
4: yeah mayor of London then the mayor of the city of London
1: no so the mayor of London yeah He is the mayor of London. Right. But within London, there's a town called City of London that's older than actual London, but it's a protected town. And it has its own mayor. So, yeah, but that is the original mayor of what would be London. Yeah. So our queen actually, not answers to him, but she's not has no jurisdiction over the that city, city of, london. of
4: london but that's to do with all finance isn't it as well down there if we if we think about
1: it you're thinking of the city of london in terms of city where the banks are
4: the city of london no
1: <laughs> we have a city of london yes the central london that's not what i'm talking about
4: what are you talking about i'm talking about liverpool street
1: which no is the, okay the that's place. not that's not city of london Where's the city of London? city of London is opposite Westminster. So what happened was, way back before the, the Vikings supposedly yeah. came to London, there was a town called yeah. the City of London yeah. on Thames. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They came, they had their wars, blah, blah, blah. They tried to infiltrate this city of London, yeah. which was fortified. It's EC1? It EC1. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's got... I'll send you the link. Okay. I'll send you guys. Guys, we're talking about something complete. We're not talking <laughs> about the city of London where Liverpool Street is and all the banks. That is city of London, yes. But there's an actual city of city London. of London, yeah. which is next to Westminster along the river. The city of Westminster. It's not city of Westminster. <laughs> it's the city of London. She, she right, doesn't guys. believe me, but no, I'll, I'll send do, the I information. Leave
4: no, Lily, because I know about it, but obviously okay. I'm getting the the location wrong. I, th- I, I, I think know, what you're I thinking of the is city the banks. Of I know of the City of London and all of the underground places and the sarcophaguses and all that stuff that they have in those, that area. I always thought it was, it's EC1 by Liverpool Street. But we're talking about Dr J.S. Ryson Russell. A little bit off track there. Uh, a neuro... neuro neurologist. Oh,
1: neurologist, neurologist yes. Yeah. So do you want me to tell us a little bit about him, Lily? His father was... Yeah. The Honorable William, I read "Hon," and I, I honorable. The Honorable William Russell, and he was a wealthy sugar plantation owner mm. and a men- mechanical engineer, born in Scotland. Right. He very well be may may be related. Very mm. little is known about his mother, the Honorable Mrs. Russell, except that she was of African descent. Um, Russell was educated in 1880 to 1882 at the Dollar Institution of Clackmanashaw in Scotland before going on to study at the University of Edinburgh. In 1886 to 1887, he undertook a postgrad degree working at a series of hospitals in England and also spent some time studying in Germany and Paris. With the support of his mentor, Sir Victor Horsley, founder of the British Neurosurgery, Russell was appointed senior house physician at the National Hospital in 1888. The National Hospital had opened in 1860 as the first specialist neurological hospital and was a place of pilgrimage for neurologists from many countries. Russell rose steadily through the ranks, being appointed the hospital's management being appointed to the hospital's management board in 1903 and then in the 1920s a postcard of the national hospital where russell had worked for many years and served on the management board was been became courtesy of the queen square library and its archives
4: mm, it's amazing isn't it so this is we looking at like 1880 when he was born um, going to 1888, <coughs> I mean, he would have only been eight years old there, isn't it? Yeah. But um, he, by 1903, he was on the management board of the National Hospital. Where is the National Hospital? Oh, he was is? born in
1: 1863. The National Hospital, I don't know where that is. Yeah, I'd like to,
4: to know that. I don't know and where And that, that reminds me of a place of neurosurgery. Where would you normally go to get neurosurgical? I think that's um, Queen Street. Because his it's saying that his address or where he worked out from was forty four Wimpole Street, Marleybone Road, London. So who knows whether? And I know, I know the Neurology Hospital is definitely in Queen Street. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So Lily says, oh, Joy, Joanne McKay says it's my great great grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> it possibly is because we know that our our." forefathers well one of them was scottish russells um so who knows we never never know where queen square um joe mckay says it's queen square is where the um hospital of neurology is so there might be that connection there i knew i knew that there was that so what kind of research did he do then
1: so it says in the 90s he undertook br- a brilliant e- course of experimental work. And by 1998, he had published more than 15 research articles. <clears throat> One landmark paper on subacute combined degeneration of the spinal cord is now understood to have acknowledged the no- ac- not advanced the knowledge of neuroanatomy and cerebi- cerebella, cerebellar mm-hmm. physiology.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was appointed Oh, he's a UCL alumni. He was appointed as professor at University College London. And in 1907, he served as a president of the neurology section of the Royal Society of Medicine. Yeah. Um he became unpopular with psychiatrists for expressing his belief that patients suffering from psychosis were too often committed to asylums when they could be better cared for within the within their families assisted by general practitioners Mm. less sympathetically he also voiced views on the dangers of intermarriage between neurotics and in 1926 offered a damning indictment of the so-called modern girl with no chaperone or restrictions on her freedom, he said such women required alcohol and drugs to keep them going and going, and became susceptible to neurosis, making them unfit for motherhood, and the duties and responsibilities of married he life. Some
4: strong opinions there. So didn't he? up until
1: the bottom part, I was all in agreement <laughs> with him, but when because he said that he he was looked down on for saying that women that suffered from or people that suffered from psychosis. Um, shouldn't be put in asylums and I agree with that I think Mm. back in those days they just oh sorry if they thought you were crazy you just got flung in the big house and had people electrocute you but
4: then that's where Freud and a lot of those guys did a lot of their research wasn't it it's quite funny that he said that the ones that with neurosis were ones that were susceptible to drinking alcohol and taking drugs wow (coughs) even back then you know it's obviously been a consistent problem in society this whole alcohol and drug situation but how he said that they were unfit for motherhood and duties responsible for marriage but they weren't looking again at something that has become so apparent in this 20 um what would we call it 20 this this but that's true though 21st century isn't it yeah the um, mental health of people
1: no but he's not saying mental health he's saying basically loose women mm. so girls that go around and have sex with loads of guys are more prone to be manipulated into alcohol and drug misuse yeah therefore they're not suited for motherhood and duties of responsibilities and married life yeah. well definitely not married life because if they've been run through then no one's going to want to marry them mm. Um, but it's almost like he's he's kind of branching on that unwed mother not being fit to be a mother yeah is that because she's an alcoholic maybe or is it more because in that society it was impossible to be a, a unwed mother because you got absolutely no support
4: yeah it was a lot of, I mean it, poverty there was a lot of poverty yeah. back then as well um he highlights that they what people that do take alcohol and drugs, are more susceptible to neurosis. So he did have a kind of right idea. Yeah,
1: that that does but make it, sense.
4: I guess it can go both ways as well, because then it would make neurosis would make a, a man a bit more uh, violent and susceptible, susceptible to neuris, neurosis themselves as well, right? But he's taking it from a woman's point of view as opposed to what the man might do as yeah, well. Yeah, because
1: a woman is going to be the one that looks after the house. The man's yeah. not really... A man can go out and work and be drunk. If that, if you're going to look at it in that way, mm. like, the men would go to the business clubs or whatever and they'd still be drinking a brandy at work. Yeah, It's tr- Whereas the true. Whereas a woman would have to not be now. at home with... Not now. Yeah. But a woman would have to be at home taking care of the house. And even if she had maids and things like that she still had to be the organizer yeah. behind the upkeep of the house unless they had
4: someone like a governess or something like that where the woman because i can't remember what i saw recently even in poirot mm. where people that you think are have all their faculties together but they still have issues like drug issues yeah. and alcohol issues yeah but he also said the dangers of intermarriage between neurotics as well so he really was a a, a neurologist in that sense because he spoke very much on how you know connections with people how the the outcomes of different people kind of connecting yeah so that was quite it's quite interesting
1: but as a neurosurgeon he's bringing on see i didn't i don't link i don't no if there, there's obviously a relationship between psychologists and neurologists yeah obviously psychologists work with how someone thinks their thoughts and their actions mm. and a neurologist would look at what's happening to the brain as yes. to why those things are happening but what he's kind of bringing on is he's speaking on a psychological kind as of, he's speaking on that kind of Instant, yeah. in that sense, that he'd be that person that cut the brain to see if they slice off that piece of the That's brain. That's the difference, yeah. So a psychologist might
4: work more through speech and yeah. an- analysis, where he would go hands in and, look, yeah. and dig into the brain and really see the different parts of the brain. So maybe in that sense, he made quite a few breakthroughs mm. to see because we didn't, they didn't have things such as MRI scanners or anything mm. like that. So they literally had to kind of delve right into the the brain matter to see how things worked so what about the number 44 wimpole street what what was that place
1: it's quite big it said it had four stories 20 rooms two entrances and for the standards of wimpole street at the time it was rather impressive Mm -hmm. um it was run by a staff of six servants and a secretary and it was at the heart of London's medical district. So Wimpole Street at the time was the heart of the medical district. It was near the Institute of Hygiene at thirty three, thirty four Devonshire Street, where um, he regularly spoke from 1903. And it's close to the Royal Society of Medicine, which he was the vice president for the neurology department. Um, and during his time, At Wimpole Street, Russell was plunged into personal scandal when it was reported to the Times that he had spent the night with an unidentified woman uh, at the Great Northern Hotel. Isn't that such (laughs) a chauvinist way? It's not.
4: I wonder if if she had neurosis.
1: (laughs) So women aren't fit to be mothers if they're having. sexual relationships with loads of men but it's cool <laughs> if you sleep with these women because in no way are you going to be affected
0: mm.
1: the warped way of the man's mind because this is obviously a men's world but it's the time
4: it was victorian times as well is not it so but turn of feel the like thing like this
1: now though sometimes
4: I, i'm not sure if there's a divide there because maybe some do maybe some don't what are your thoughts out there listeners how do you feel about this uh, mr russell this neurologist that um he lived and worked in Ooh. this um, in 44 wimpole street from 1902 but um
1: yeah he had quite it was quite a scandal there his wife yeah. divorced Ooh, him yeah women. it says okay. he's what he and his first wife ada Mm. divorced, and he had to resign from the University College Hospital and his clubs mm. as the affair shook the whole of Harley Street. Ooh, what a bit of a scandal there! Eh? The public f- f- furor apparently reduced the number of Russell's patients because clearly you can't be a good doctor if you're cheating on your wife. Um a bit like
4: that um, MP the other day that had to stand down as well. A lot of them, lots of people do it. A lot of them do it lily So yeah. you know, it's it's been happening from the beginning of time. So but then it was all these female pages
1: that left. <laughs> What's that? It was all these female pages that left. Wow. But he did remarry in nineteen twenty four um to another Ada. So both of his wives had the same name. Um and she was a forty year forty two year old daughter of the Lancashire JP is JP. that yeah. Justice of the Peace I have no What's idea JP for? Lancashire
4: JP maybe but he died suddenly at the age of 75 on the 20th of March 1939 in his consulting rooms between patients so he's in he's buried in Highgate Cemetery Lily so this is amazing and was survived by his wife and her son Anthony from her first marriage and his daughter Marjorie from his first marriage what does that mean
1: so his daughters and his son and his wife lived longer than him.
4: Right. So guys, if you really are interested, 44 Walpole Street, Marleybone, we'll put it, we'll actually put it into the chat box. So come and join us in the chat room. And um, yeah, this is quite an interesting place if you'd want to visit uh, at some point. So Dr. J.S. Ryzen-Russell. He was a neurologist that lived from 1863 to 1939. And we are speaking of the bl- blue plaques on buildings. So if you're out and about, always look out for these things because there's always a lovely little piece of information about the person that actually lived inside of that house. Mm. And regardless of scandals, regardless of whatever, he was uh, one of us, FUBU, um, working at this time in... Quite amazing circumstances, even teaching Mm. at um, UCL, University College London. Yeah, and UCH.
1: And UCH hospital as well.
4: Hospital. So check him out. Dr. R.S. Let me get his name right. J.S. Ryzen Russell. Amazing, isn't it, Lily?
1: It is. It goes to show that these innovators that, you know, we're always told about the black people of slavery but actually another innovative um
4: always in person of color always innovative and that's the point we you know do we just hear what what people tell us or do we look deeper into everything and see really where we come from we'll see y'all in five
0: this is the station with all your music in one place
4: When you're living with cancer, what makes a good day? Getting some answers. I had millions of questions and I hardly remembered anything the doctor said. Mum said call Macmillan. It was just a call and it was free. The Macmillan Support Line is here to help everyone living with cancer have more good days. So whatever's on your mind, call us free on 0808 808 0000 today or visit macmillan.org.uk.
5: What is it, son? Can I have a go at that? Okay. Yeah, just a quick one. There are some things kids just aren't ready for, like drinking. Drinking before age 15 is more likely to lead to alcohol problems later in life. Your kids trust you to know the answers, so it's important you have the facts. Talk now and avoid problems later. Go to drinkaware.co.uk
0: All Flavours Radio is now looking for radio presenters. Email us at info at allflavoursradio.com
5: Broadcasting
3: worldwide, online, 24-7. All Flavours Radio.
5: The garner no one's paradigm I'm the child that never lets you read Cause no one's worth time
4: KJB. I'm
5: a cancer yeah. I'm a how are
4: you doing chat room. How are you doing tuning?
5: You.
4: I am you DJ L J original
0: i
2: hear that pele that's right DJ uh, LJ
4: original same as the big tune
2: come and join us in the chat room so when I was a youth, I Bunkali weed in a rizla huh? You so bonit in a rizla Now I am a man I do sabunkali weed in a chalwa huh? I do sabunkali weed in a chalwa huh? When I was a youth I used to live a nine mile my Mama said my shopper fi go buy Kadli varaila I make a mistake by cocaine. I go brotha kill me in a hard time style a all time style Bang 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 Addissa all time style Bang 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 did Addissa all time style Bang 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 did Addissa all time style
0: So when I was a youth I used to
5: Call us now on 7 now on That's 7 895
4: That's right. Hard times. Our hard times hitting us now. (laughs) When it comes to 2022, we've just come out of a pandemic. And that is something we will be talking about very, very shortly. But Lily, what's our word of the day? The word of the day is
1: (laughs) prosiac. Prosayic. Oh, prosaic. So I'm looking at the actual pronunciation underneath. Prosaic, and it means what does it mean? Dull, unimaginative, unimaginative. <laughs> everyday or ordinary. Prosic. But its original meaning is a characteristic of prose, as a distinguished, as distinguished from poetry.
4: Mm, so we know today is March the first, 2022, and our word of the day is just that. As I thought, that was a A tablet, Prozac, that people take to just...
1: Prozac, (laughs) is a tablet.
4: But this is prosaic. Prosaic, yeah. Prosaic, prosaic, prosaic-ic.
1: Like a mosaic, Um, but it's prosaic. Okay, yeah. Yeah.
4: So, what does it mean? Prosaic. Retirement can lead to prosaic lifestyle unless you will seek yourself to seek adventure. So, So sedentary, is it? What? Like a sedentary lifestyle, you're not doing much.
1: It says there, Dull
4: dull oh oh could you imagine living dull and unimaginative like every day day in and day out
1: I think some people that retire they think oh yeah I'm gonna retire I'm gonna Mm -hmm. just sit in my front room and just relax and they do it for a month and then realize no I've worked (laughs) for the last 30 years I cannot bear to be in the same environment like this yeah and they do find it quite dull and that's why a lot of people that retire end up going back to work yeah because it's boring probably
4: yeah but it's like like it said seeking that fun and you know the instead of staying indoors all day no I mean you've you've retired travelling mind Mm. you we, we went to that thing on Saturday night didn't we to the father to father uh function yeah And it's that one of the ladies spoke of her, both her parents, they worked all their lives, got right to retirement age, and didn't get to draw a pension because they both passed away the year before the retirement. So, are we living now and enjoying our life now as well at that time? As well as, are our lives dull or prosaic? What would you say? What would you say, beautiful people?
1: Uh? I wouldn't say life is prosaic what would you say life is what you make it absolutely life is what you make it you can make it dull and boring or you can make it full of adventure and every day is a new chapter in your crazy wild book that you're writing of your life that's
4: right and i've just finished mine lily
1: well done
4: it's coming guys it is coming is the ebook up yet the ebook is not up yet it should be up by next week and then we should have it in print by the time that we're doing the book launch. So it's, it's actually quite funny, heart-wrenching. Also, it's kind of lots of little exercise and stuff in there as well. Yeah. That can get us thinking. Yeah. It's all about thought, isn't it? And we can be in life now, just living it, just, just taking one day at, at a time, but not getting very far. Yeah. Or living now and making progress. For me, that's what it's all about, making progress.
1: I think, though, some people get stuck in the mundane day-to-day and they don't know how to. Yeah. um, They think, oh, yeah, this is what I'm used to. They're comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with being comfortable, but just know that at one point you're going to feel stagnant.
4: Yeah. So, are our lives prosaic, you know? Do we... we, Are we just ordinary? Or are we extraordinary? That's the terminology, (laughs) isn't it, right? Yeah so most of uh, these pr- phenomena turn out to have prosaic explanations such as weather balloons space debris and atmospheric effects in the sky so they're speaking of it and prosaic explanations so is it dull explanations there lily what would you say
1: what prosaic yeah it's not a dull explanation it's a no prosaic <laughs> means dull yeah most of these phenomena turn out to have prosaic explanations yeah so most of these phenomena turn out to have really dull unimaginative this is not as we thought it was yeah yeah so
4: did you know in the past any text that was not poetic was prosaic oh so poetry is well not poetic a po prosaic because then prosaic carried no negative connotations it simply indicated that a written work was made up of prose.
1: Prose, Lily? Prose is a form uh, of writing, poetry. Uh, yeah.
4: Okay, so that sense clearly owes much to the meaning of the words Latin, mm. prosa, meaning prose, poetry. So it's viewed, however, as a more beautiful... So poetry is viewed as a more beautiful and imaginative and emotional type of writing. Mm. And prose was regulated relegated to the status of mundane
1: and plain Jane so so in other words initially prosaic did not mean the negative things that it says now so it didn't mean dull didn't mean unimaginative because it was based on the fact that poetry or prose Mm. the way of writing is full of imagination it's full of love it's full of adventure yeah. Um, but as the years have gone on, because of the way the English language develops, changed, yeah. now the look on poetry is, oh, it's a bit boring. I don't find poetry boring. I think poetry is quite lovely. Or but...
4: prose, prose prior to poetry, right?
1: No, prose is poetry. Okay, so, Pro, oh, poetry never. is a type of prose. I don't think poetry is boring at all. No, but that's what, that's what it's saying. Because coming into this new era, mm. as a result, the way the English language has changed, yeah. people look at poetry to be lifeless and oh, that's dull. That's a
4: shame, isn't it? Do you find poetry to be lifeless and dull? Because you've got to remember, songs are poetry as well, but to music. Mm. Is it the music that makes them more um, fun and uh, imaginative? Mm. Because without the music... Can it still be? It's so funny. I saw this woman. She it was a filter on, on TikTok, and she done it sort of in like a 1940s style, mm-hmm. film style, and it was, uh, oh, girl, walk out the door. Who'd oh yeah. Song? But she Again. It, she spoke Glory it. Again, yeah, she yeah. spoke it. It was so good. It was. Just I think I've like, seen that. Really one. quite quite ingenious, actually. So just shouting out John J.E., um, you can catch John on a Sunday morning, as well as Caddy on a Thursday, followed by Ninjaman Lloyd. And don't forget, everybody, that we are having a party! Yes, on the 16th <coughs> of July. Um, there's a boat party, so please check out the, our website, All Flavors, www.allflavorsradio.com as well as a Facebook group. You can find all the information in there where you can go and get the tickets. And guess what? The tickets are only £20. That's really quite cheap. So grab them while you can before they all go. Beautiful people. All right. And, um, yeah, our next point is we're just going to shout out a few people. or will give them some first-off accolades. And this is to Jamal Richardson or Richards, he's a young rookie that we know he's a young boy playing for Essex and he's been um voted the academy player of the year last year that was and that's in association with Painter and the ACE program so he's he's been signed up to an academy to play cricket Mm. this is Frank's young grandson and him with his little baby boy he's doing really really well and um yes a shout out he's only 17 jamal richards watch him in the cricket world he's a pro rookie and he's rising Mm. he's rising up and he's just been signed over so we just want to say a big shout out to you jamal as well as what's this save all island grill dawson from ethnic well we said it's not ethnic cleansing but yeah it's not
1: ethnic cleansing that's just such i think it's more harsh wording ethnic cleansing is the killing of ethnicities not yeah. people moving out of areas but um all island gentrification's better isn't it I gentrification think. yeah but yeah. we have to understand with gentrification people are choosing to move into an area mm. and whilst others are moving out mm. um Dalston, as we know is a very vibrant cultural um area and we you know you've got the dalston market still there and you know everything's still still going for now um but this island grill they're trying to close it down um there are going to be protests Mm. um i i'm not going to to read the rest of this because this is actually not I think what we'll do is we'll share the, what do they call
4: it? The petition. There is a petition. Hopefully it's still open. I'm not too sure. So it's really just to save the Island Grill, Dawson, from gentrification. So we'll put this also into the chat box.
1: Do people realise, though, that in order to save the Island Grill, the Island Grill have to to sell it? So if they choose to sell, there's nothing you can do about that. They're not just taking it from them. The owners of the Island Grill will come to an agreement if they want to. It's
4: a bit like Choice FM, though, isn't it? They, we sell everything off and have nothing to for it after, thereafter. Yeah. So it's a matter of... Sometimes it's, it's a matter of trying to hold on to your legacy that you have something. You know, some of these shops, like butchers and bakers, they've been in the family for years and years and years. Mm. Maybe they don't want to sell. Maybe it's something that they want to pass down mm. to their next generation as well. So you've yeah. got to think of things in terms of that as well
1: yeah and i think especially with dawson the fact that they said um you know obviously gentrification is happening mm. you do realize there's also a building there that's um, it's on the actual market yeah. and it looks like a really run-down building but inside that building it's full of art um, studios and things like that and at one point and the most really still are trying to now but they wanted to evict everyone that yeah. used those studios and turn it into flats. However, they argued with them, they fought with them, and they've said, no, we don't want you to take this space from us. And I haven't heard anything since, but doesn't seem like they're closing it down. Yeah, That's we because spoke they about came that, together. Yeah. Um, so if you do want to keep all and um, the island grill open, and it's down to their finances as to why they may not be able to continue having it there Mm. then yeah sign the petition Um, I do not advocate protests but there's a petition there it's in the chat if you want to be a part of it then
4: yeah and if if as well as if you want to be a part of it uh, again at this thing that we went to on Saturday we spoke about money and one Mm. of the things that come into it was spending do we support black business, we're always for supporting black business. So are we supporting black business? That is a question that we have to also ask ourselves mm. because is it the fact that no one's going in there and buying mm. or is it just the fact that they want to buy it up in order to make something flat or something else out of it. Yeah. That's the difference. So go on and check it out. Check out exactly what the whole petition's all about and if you do feel inclined then go ahead and give it a sign. Mm. So Lily our
1: question top of the hour we pose that question will the cost of living affect us more than the pandemic that's right and that was in line really with
4: the two songs that we played in the break one in ten by ub 40 as well as hard times and we know that inflation uh, you know i've been doing a lot of research when it comes to again money inflation credit all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Now before when we used to work, I'm sure I've said this before on the show, we used to get a little brown packet that had money in it. Yeah, something physical to say, do you know what you've you've worked? Because working, we're not going to work for nothing, right? Yeah. We work is actually people buying our time. Yeah. In order to get a job done. Yeah. So they're buying our time and they give us a wage packet at the end of the yep, month. Sorry. Uh, at the end of the week because it used to be weekly Weekly, yeah
1: now it's monthly in america it's every two weeks
4: yeah now some people weekly some people Mm. buy uh, but generally a lot of people once a month now Mm. you're getting paid that's a lot of 12 pay slips
5: 12 (laughs) 12,
4: a year right (laughs) so this this article here is talking about the cost of living how high could uk inflation rise in 2022 and I think it's gone to about seven point something. We, do you know we got a an electricity bill come in? It, I think it said that ours is going to go up by about seven hundred and something pounds, eighteen hundred pounds for the year.
1: <laughs> Sorry,
4: eighteen. That's just electricity.
1: Oh my, Jemmy! I don't
4: understand this. I do. Right, because I know that you have you're a bit savvy at this, right? Yeah. So please explain to the listeners it's exactly not, what what's going on.
1: It's not about being savvy. I, okay, so every year the cost of living goes up because generally it costs like the, we the we speak about this thing we went to on Saturday. This gentleman was telling us about how it, much it costs to run an electrical plant, for example. That in itself is an expense. Mm. So you're paying for that person's wages to be able to turn over that electrical plant or mine the the coal they don't mine coal but you know what i mean so to produce those commodities yeah right so every year it will go up the reason why our taxes and our cost of living is going up is because when um covid happened everyone in control, (laughs) yeah. was making all these promises, spending all this money, giving free travel, even though you weren't allowed to leave your house. So all these things were put in place and there was no contingency plan. Mm. And now we are the contingency plan. So, oh, sorry, we can't afford to maintain your building because I got a bill the other day that my um, rent is going up. When I was I'm looking at oh, the but breakdown, that's that does go out no, early. no, no, no. When I was looking at the breakdown, <laughs> okay, I'm like, but I don't get my windows clean. <laughs> I don't have this service. I don't have this service. So all the services that they're supposedly offering, I don't receive any of them. But still, my cost of living is going up. Yeah. Fine, um, but everything is going to go up annually every anyway. But can I just say something? Back in the day, right? Because I remember. Granddad
4: saying that he bought a house for six grand, right? Yeah. This is in the seventies, or it might be in the sixties. Um, but by the time he bought the last house that he lived in, and by the time they sold that house, so I think up, he only yeah. bought it for about ninety thousand. No, it, like it was much less than that, or a lot less. Was it sixty, thirty, probably thirty thousand? And it was in the millions by the time when he passed away. Yeah, and the house was sold. That's a huge jump. Yeah. In inflation, because now even for uh, simple Joe blogs that's working, say, say someone's living on their own, and they want to buy property by themselves, Mm. is that neon impossible for them to go? It's not impossible,
1: but it's also you have to think that, you know, like when the pound goes up or the dollar goes up, or once a year they review it, the amount of money they print, they Mm. have to compensate. For the amount of money that they print. But so yeah, how are they even printing money. They do print money. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> they put the numbers in circulation. Whether they're printing it or not, yeah, not the numbers it. are
4: upped. Because the majority of people now that are going out and spending, they are using a card. It would be a debit card or a credit card. Mm. There's a whole another story, beautiful people, about credit cards and how they were born and how these things come into play because... When we really think about it, even when you get paid, you don't see that money unless you've numbers it, yeah. in your bank, mm. right? So they can make up anything and say that this stuff exists, which has to be in line with what is in the the vault. You know, they they have yeah. the thing that they go up against the debt. Um, but we've, we've actually paid for that. We we're in credit, but we're in debt. Because of all the inflation and because... Uh, is it because consumers are asking for the money to be printed or not? Or is it because of the credit cards as to why all this inflation is on? Because there was a lot of people that worked during the pandemic. Yeah, but there was a lot of people that didn't. There was a lot of people that didn't. So what about all those... Because the remember, in the, had to in, be the first,
1: in the first lockdown, only a group of people were counted as essential workers. Mm. And it wasn't until there was a bit of noise made that they said, oh, actually... our our essential workers are actually now this group of people and that list extended a bit more because nurseries closed in the beginning, didn't they? That was the whole panic, oh, there's not gonna be any childcare for my child that's in nursery. So nurseries closed, they weren't initially seen as- um, Important. Important workers, so they weren't working. And then everybody else that would have been in line with those, the the safe supermarket people, Mm. they were not seen as essential.
4: When as in fact they were.
1: Right. But yeah. for that short period of time, mm. they were not working. And how many of them then had to start claiming universal credit? How many of them had to have that top up to help them with their wages? So all those top ups with the wages and mm. that thing that was giving 2500 a month um, to people if you wasn't working.
4: But then people have been paying into their taxes. That's another thing. Yeah, as but well. that's only
1: that's taxes that were already there. This is a new batch of money that they've given away with no contingency plan.
4: Thing is, it says here in this article, it says uphill. It's going to be an uphill struggle because inflation is now outpacing wage growth. Mm. So, as energy, fuel, and food costs continue to rise and squeeze household budgets, the BBC said. Uh, BBC. Uh, and it is set to worsen in the spring after Ofgem announced a record 54% increase in the energy price cap.
0: Mm.
4: Sky News added the rise in energy prices in April will add around 700, that's true, 700 on average to annual gas and electricity charges for millions of consumers.
1: Yeah, so my electric has gone up by f- 34%. right. Um, that's my energy just combined but when I went food shopping so I have a budget for food shopping <laughs> I bought everything that I'd usually buy yeah I didn't get my meat shop <laughs> and okay. I still spent over my budget yeah same and I same. looked in my basket and I was like Nothing on my trolley and I was like but this is everything that I'd usually buy where has these extra, where's the extra cost come from? Everything's
4: just gone up. How how do you feel about it, um, listeners? Um, do you find that you're spending more on your shop? Do you find you're spending more on your bills? And even travel, when we looked at the, the the there was one price we saw, which was if you had a pri- an annual ticket um, from Bright- Brighton, I think, to London, I think it was 774, something like that it went up to 5,000, yeah, for the annual ticket. I don't understand why you'd commute from Brighton, I'm sorry. Well, sometimes it's easier, it's quicker to commute from Brighton to London, like we were talking earlier, than it is to go from, London, L- from Seven Sisters to, to Brixton.
1: But then, you also have to think as well, those people that are commuting from outside of London, mm. they're not paying as much as we are in London on rent and, and mortgage.
4: That's true, but if your if your travel goes up like thousands of pounds You're still you're not still... gonna be
1: coming close to what we'd pay. So if say for example, an average person, if you're thinking of someone that's commuting into London, that generally means they've got a relatively good job because they're coming into London, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking doctors, sales consultants, those kind of people that are on sixty plus mm.
4: standards
1: of living leash. They do have a standard of living mm. but what I'm saying to you is, those professions you can go out and make more money.
4: Right. It's not. Means...
1: It's not like the lay person that may be working in a nursery, for example, yeah. and their travel's gone up by a hundred pounds a month. They're working it's in a nursery. Worse. They work five days a week. They can't resupplement their income if they yeah. haven't got any other kind of skills or anything like that. A salesperson sell a couple more cars. A doctor, you can take take on a couple more patients. So it's not the same. What
4: you're saying then is hypothetically that these increases are going to affect... They affect the poorer side. And it's true because we heard something again when going to uni that the rich people that can afford it or are on a higher income pay less than mm. the people that are on a lower income. And then you've got to make up everything else. You know, you've got to buy food. You've got to live in heating. There's What's the point I think to- that's
1: because they're trying to not discourage people from going to university because i also saw saw something this week or heard mm. something this w- week where they were saying if you don't get the right grades maths and english when you go to uni um you won't get grants and you won't get loans okay so that sounds to me like they're discouraging people from going to uni the tra- the traditional way yeah. and thinking about doing university through an apprenticeship or right. through a traineeship. So it kind of sounds like they're trying to get more people to pay in to get paid by the system. So there's more tax money going into the system. Cause if you go to university, okay. you get a loan. That's yeah. it. That money's not coming back to you for the next twenty five years. Yeah. Whereas if you go to university, your university loan then becomes part of that person's levy. Mm-hmm. So whatever that that company that you work for, they pay for that, that goes into the system, but also you have a job. Yeah. So you don't pay that much tax, you pay but national, you still insurance, but some. you're still paying something.
4: Yeah. As opposed to if you if you can't pay your student loan back, then I guess you can't pay it back. And that makes sense why they charge
1: lower income. Yeah.
4: It's we we can see it. We can see the price of petrol price of everything has increased i know we went the
1: other (laughs) day
4: (laughs) but i I just think that things go in cycles lily i really think things go in cycles and i was trying to think back to the last crash that we had i think it was in 2008 was the last Mm. crash financial crash and before that because that what they do like now we've got this war in the ukraine that's a whole other thing. The thing that you sent me today about why have we got war in Europe as opposed to there's war everywhere oh, else and, and all this racist places. racist people, yeah. There's this war. It's very close. We're very close to that, mm. right? So there's that as well as lots of other things that has happened over this past couple of years that you could think, is this, is this whole situation manoeuvred? Is it planned in order
1: to put the pressure on people that are trying to just survive really my only answer to that question is it doesn't matter because inevitably we are not we're only going to be affected as much as we allow it to be affected and what i mean by that is yes our taxes are going up our cost of living is going up um and our wages Mm -hmm. have stayed the same but you don't just have to live off your wages
4: yeah, that's very true, but but that's for people that have come to recognise or are educated in a slightly different way, or have a, a mindset on an understanding of other things.
1: But right? we've just said it out loud. Yeah. On all flavors radio today, <laughs> yeah. you don't just have to live on your wages. Mm. There are we went to like you said we went to father to father on on Saturday, and there are people out there giving this knowledge, solid advice. Yeah. That can help everybody better themselves look at other avenues not just get 12 paychecks a year like there are people out there that are really yearning to help and support um, our community especially mm. and like you said yes the pe- people have to tap into it but they've been told yeah yeah they've been told the amount of of new entrepreneurs and new businesses that sprung up during the pandemic yeah. is proof that yes, you're squeezed into a small space. Oh, your cost of living's going up. Okay. (laughs) Let me do something about it then. Find
4: other means, beautiful people. And like, naturally, Lily says, people, they don't
1: care. They don't care.
4: uh, We're not going to say that, yeah, the government, they just don't (laughs) care. Like we said that, UB40 sang it. We're a statistic reminder of a world that doesn't care. Mm. But how are we going to flip the script And make it better for ourselves. Mm. That's something that we got to think of. And we'll see y'all, we will see y'all in five. everyone in the chat room, George Flavors, South Malaysia, Chrissy, DJ Lara, you can catch low from 8 to 10 tonight, Joy McKay, how you doing Mumra, Mark Flajin, out of Bremen, you got Mark on a Monday night and on a Sunday afternoon. Hello Hoxton And how you doing John Ken they don't care about us. Not forgetting LJ Original LJ Original plays on a Monday Friday And a Saturday evening So shouting out Guest 210 Guest 224 guest 491 and guest number 8 and that was the sounds of our beloved MJ the King of pop, saying all we really know is they don't really care about us and we know that so we've got to put things in place where we can care for ourselves and not have to worry about the uphill struggle of inflation and finance that may I don't know, put us, cripple us. One, they always say we're one paycheck away from... Just overbroke, man. Being, yes, job just overbroke. That's right. One paycheck <clears throat> away from poverty. Let's not find ourselves in that way. There are lots of other ways. So if you want to know, just DM naturally Lily or myself. And we can, we're not financial advisors, but we can point you in the right direction of that. So naturally Lili, we're... Or what is our scenario for this
1: evening? The scenario for this evening is, would you accept a pay rise if your employer doubled your salary but 75% would have to go to an ex or an arch enemy? So do do the maths me, Lily. So there's two things in this question. First of all, does the 75% come off the 50% increase or do you get a 50% increase and then from that total, you have to pay 75% to your ex? Because there's two, or there's two different answers to that question. I'd
4: say if it's seventy five percent, that you'd pay out of hundred, isn't it? So that means you're only getting twenty five percent of no, that increase.
1: No, but what I'm saying, yeah. So are you getting? So say you earn a thousand pound a month, mm. and your manager or your um, your employer Mm. is giving you a 50% increase. So your wages go from £1,000 to £1,500. Yeah. Are you paying 75% of that £500 added on top? Yeah. Or are you paying 75% of the whole £1,500?
4: I think it's just the pay rise. So it says doubled your salary, but 75%. Well, your salary is... So if it's doubled, it would be two thousand say
1: oh is it doubled I thought it was a 50% okay yeah so two thousand pounds
4: so two thousand but out of that you'd only get twelve fifty and seven fifty would go to your ex or your arch enemy
1: 75% of two thousand is one one thousand five hundred you'd only get (laughs) five hundred pound if you get if if it's if it's coming from the whole salary but if it's only coming from that extra £1,000 that you're getting,
0: yeah.
1: then you still, you still made, it, made 25%. It's cool. 250
4: 1250 Yeah. And
1: they get 750 Yeah. I'm not sure what your thoughts are that. You, you there, were only on £1,000 before, so you still made 250 on top of what you were earning that's previously. That's true. That's true. But would you want to go through that pain of having to do that anyway? Would you spite yourself £250 because you hate someone that much? So yes, you could look at it. Oh, <laughs> <I'm> bitter. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Would I sacrifice 250 pounds just to not see someone get
4: 750? Mm. Should we have a look and see if anyone's answered us down here? So, um, L says they don't pay enough as it is. Why not? Oh, well, she, she doesn't mind. Mm-hmm. L. Denise Barker says that. Um, Chanel says, wait, so te- technically it's not really doubled. No, well, no, no if you've got to give 75% yeah. away, it's definitely not doubled. And Tony says, no, better to have 100 of 100 than 50 with 150 going to someone so he's seen it how we saw it before
1: that you end up having less yeah if it's that way around obviously not they can starve (laughs)
4: Um, Thomas Bowman says need clarity is that 75% of the increase that's what we just (laughs) spoke of there or total salary and um, Akeem says I good with what I have at the moment but we are already paying the ex and arch enemy even without the increase how How? are we doing that?
1: by giving them our by giving them rent in our brain. Letting them pay Maybe, rent in yeah, our brain. Rent
4: of our minds. We don't want to let no one pay the rent of our minds. We want to be free of that because
1: we are the sole tenants.
4: My you question know.
1: is. Yes. That being said. Mm-hmm. Why are you, do you have to give your ex money? If they're your ex, there's, there's no statement there that there's any um, additional accompaniments. Yeah. With the ex, so you haven't got no children or animals together. So why, why, why do I have to pay you? It's
4: a bit of a silly question, really. Well, no, no question is silly. We shouldn't say that. But, I mean... I do want to know what no-brainer. went behind that. Yeah, John, John, let us know. Let us know what you were thinking when you sent us through. Know. And, um, yeah, 75% of your salary because that's a lot more, isn't it? You'd be getting less.
1: You would end up getting less. 75% goes to your your person that you really dislike. You are going to be put out while they're living the life of luxury. So what if you
4: didn't have an ex and you didn't like dislike anyone, then you'd get all of it?
1: But clearly here it says you would have to go to an ex or an arch enemy. But what if you didn't have one? Yeah, I don't have an arch enemy. I exactly. have people I dislike. See, and so I wouldn't spit on them if they were. See
4: it's no brainer because if you if you didn't have enemies and you didn't have an ex, yeah, mm. then it, then you're fine. Then I'll take it because then you get a hundred percent.
1: But then you wouldn't be asking that question <laughs> You wouldn't be asking would you what would you do? you would be like, Well, that's a stupid question because uh, you know, that is not that is not my portion. What are your
4: thoughts, lovely people? Just give us a call 07895 That's 07895 And I mean, we have got 15 minutes left of the show um, to discuss those points. So who knows? What's that, Lily? I
1: was just looking for another um, quick scenario and I found a funny one. What's that one? This person says. <coughs> I stole candy from a charity shop while I was in high school and sold it myself to make independent profit. Is that wrong? Well, if you'd have bought, took 75%, and <laughs> gave it to the, the shop. charity,
4: you'd be all right. <laughs> Maybe you'd be okay.
1: Oh, my goodness. Isn't it?
4: Stole 75%. S- you oh, stole, stole
1: candy from a charity.
4: From a charity? A lot of these charities, though, they, they do take the mick, don't they, Lily?
0: Like, yeah because
1: no. the fact that you can, I will never ever ever forget this ever when we went into was it the British Red Cross and um, there was a brand new tagged tagged Dorothy <laughs> Perkins dress uh-huh. and the charity shop so the original price of the dress was 10.99 okay how much do you think the charity shop was selling it for £10? That would make more sense than the 14 99 tag they wow. had put onto the dress. They were selling it for more than the original price in That's a charity shop.
4: That's the thing, isn't it? So do you blame them for stealing the sweets and the charity then? Not at all. But stealing's not good either. I just, you know? I
1: feel like sometimes charity, and even I was watching something the other day about charity shops, um, that as much as we think it's a good thing... To go and offload all of our unwanted clothes in mm. Oxfam, for example. A lot of it ends up in landfills in African countries. Yeah. So they will take a lot of the clothes over to an African country, um, supposedly to help the less fortunate. But actually they go in and trying to sell it mm. um to the less fortunate who couldn't afford it in the first place. Um and, and because they, they don't it, have they? a lot of let up, yeah, they end up going ended up they end up in landfills. Yeah.
4: And also just to let you know, everyone, that um, if we are looking for centres, or not centres, places where we can make donations in this war effort, with um, the what's the country that's... Ukraine. Ukraine at the moment, that there's in, the Islington Centre for Refugees and Migrants. I think they're taking donations. So that's eighteen to 16 to 18 Cross Street, London, N12BG as Well, as there, there are a few places that are um, taking in donations for the war effort, there, so that's that's who just is one that going to be going to,
1: though? That's my question. That's very true. I don't want to get into this controversial topic because I have very strong opinions on certain things, mm. but my question would be who was that actually going to? Is it going to the people that aren't being allowed on the train or? Is it going to be going to the actual sufferers?
4: Yeah. And the thing, the thing is as well, when we're thinking, going back to inflation as well, uh, that there's a lot of food banks mm. that were, came through the pandemic, wasn't it? Mm. And families were struggling as it was. And even people, the professional people that have a salary didn't have enough to pay their bills. Yeah. So those we still have food banks and all these places that mm. are up and running. I mean, the world is in chaos right now isn't it lily so how can we be that 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 i mean i know you're saying where is it going to go but if we still donate it's going to go somewhere and hopefully not for profit that's the scary thing is that you're giving people things away and Mm. and they'll take it for profit but hopefully it does go to the right place and if not then they're the ones that have to sit in that judgment seat isn't it yeah and explain themselves so if we if we can uh if we have anything that we can give out to anyone there's that's one place in islington uh refugee or it's an islington center for refugee and migration and that's or migrants and that's on cross street in london n1 all right so lily we have this new book Mm, (laughs) i like the interesting one isn't it and we're just going to... It's sort of a health book. Um, thank, um, Lovely given given to us by Joy McKay. And is there anything in there that you think could elevate us to a point of thinking about... You know? So
1: it's called 1001 Little Health Miracles, Simple mm. Solutions That Provide Big Benefits. And I think purely because we um, spoke about... Was
4: it Russell? Russell
1: and he yeah. mentioned something about women being alcoholics. I'm sorry, that's all I heard when I read that, but that's not what he said. But <laughs>
4: that's what's going to say. was It's neurosis, Lily. <laughs> and, the, uh, you know, the modern girl. Yes. the dangers of intermarriage between neuro- neurotics and neurosis. So
1: it's all the same thing, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so the first chapter of this book is called Diet and Nutrition. And the first thing I think it's going in alphabetical order. Yes, it is. Um, is alcohol. So its first point is don't give up. Alcohol increases the, your levels of HDL you need to research what that is the healthier form of cholesterol oh there we go give you an answer it also decreases the chances of clogged arteries so a reasonable amount of alcohol in the diet could be more beneficial than abstinence That's so actually in response to well i have heard red wine is actually good for your blood stomach yes it's one glass a day isn't it mm. so is it, in in moderation
4: yeah so what but what would Russell say? He'd say, um, he's less sympathetic. He also voiced views on dangers of intermarriage between neurotics. He says that he was talking about no chaperone, wasn't he? Yeah, but no he chaperone. Says, um women that, you know, because these ones they're a bit freer and once a bit of alcohol and maybe drugs enter them, that mm. they're changing to different people. But they're saying that a little bit. Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation is right. Because the scripture says all things are, bene- all things are lawful but, but not advantageous. advantageous. So we've got to make the right choices mm-hmm. when it comes to certain things. When it comes to our bodies, looking after ourselves, but looking after ourselves, but looking out for other people as well mm-hmm. is just as important, right? Yes. So in our questions, <clears throat> will the cost of living affect us? Well, it determines how we're living our lives, I think, for one and are we trying to find other ways, things such as passive income, things that can probably bolster up? Because a funny thing is, I was watching this thing on the credit cards, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people with credit cards that will pay the 2%, but have a stack of money in their bank account, Mm -hmm. because they think, well, if, you know, it's a rainy day fund. Yeah. But the banks still aren't paying them to hold their, their money, right?
1: No, you shouldn't hold money
4: no in the sense. banks. So, um, there, you know, there are many other ways that we But can... then there's
1: also... Because I was speaking to a friend the other day and we was talking about clearing credit cards. Mm. And, and he was saying to me that um, he's very good with money. Like, he can get loans and stuff. And he had a limit that he had maxed on one yeah. of his credit cards. Um, and one day he's like, oh, I'm just going to stop paying the minimum because he only would pay the minimum. He goes, I'm just going to pay it off. And he cleared, i say it was like 1800 pounds or whatever, cleared off 1800 pounds. And the bank reduced his credit limit to about 300 pounds. So he ended up losing 1500 pounds paying off this credit card. And when he spoke to the bank and was kind of like, well, why? Well, they said, well, we thought that you were struggling as to why you was paying the bare minimum. So we just reduced (laughs) your credit limit
4: but that was that was a guy guys as well when when there was a the creators of it came from Delaware mm. the United States and what it was cuz it used to be at 5% mm-hmm. but there was a guy i can't remember his name he says reduce it to 2% yeah so people will pay pay the bare minimum but mm. they'll be still tied into this thing they cannot stand people that pay it off straight away yeah they do not like people that pay the credit yeah off because they don't need those people they want they like to you be to have a
1: credit card but to have Less than fifty percent of your limit reached.
4: Yeah, and also (laughs) the fact of that. Oh, I've lost my my train of thought. Two
1: percent, pay it back, keep you on. If you pay back the two percent, but never pay it off.
4: Yeah, they just yeah they don't like people that will pay everything off, and that this is a thing. Credit, it's it's it's.
1: it's But it works for you though. I think you have to make it work for you when it comes to credit. Mm -hmm. Don't care what the bank think. They cannot like you paying it off, but you've paid it off. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Yeah. Inevitably, if you've got a credit card for purposes, such as building your credit, if you feel you've achieved it, the pay of your credit card. Mm. Don't care what the bank think. They mm. might not give you another credit card, but you've got a good credit history now to go and do the next you thing that you wanted it. to do. So if yeah. it's there for a purpose, then I would... I'm, I'm very... I think I'm very... I'm, I believe quite a lot in like credit and stuff like that yeah. I think it's good credit is good to have obviously not bad maybe debt like monthly maybe loans and stuff what we'll do we'll
4: get someone in that can discuss a little bit more yeah. on finances and stuff just to give you all uh, and some kind of insight into how we can be financial financially savvy because mm. at, in this time you know That's things so such important. as budgeting things such as you know regardless of whether these things do go up how we can manage Mm. through it because it's not always going to be the same as it Mm. things will change and they'll change for the better because they have for the past 20 odd years yeah things go up and down and you know we we manage Mm. but we're just living in a little bit of a glitch again you said there was a crash in
1: 2008 exactly we survived it yeah. so.
4: so we will get through beautiful people so we do hope that you are all okay out there we thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much as well i um, George Flavors great stuff Uh, DJs DJ Nige LJ Original so many to mention Chrissy Dubs all doing a fantastic job on the station just keep up the, the good work and um yeah we thank you tomorrow you can catch Donnell the therapist from 9 to 11 as well as charlie muir from 7 to 9 and keep on keeping on beautiful people we love you all thank you so much for your time and i guess all we got left to say is we'll see y'all on On the the other other side
0: side. have a good evening